you made a mask out of a sweat sock, and I thought, <laughs> what a horror that is. Oh, hey, horror movies have a lot of great masks they in them. Do. So that's, that's where we went. That's where this came from. They always say the first step is admitting the problem. <laughs> so we're, we're on the right track. Yeah. Honestly, that might have been the last Friday the 13th movie that I saw in the theater. Welcome to it. It's Fright Club Live on Facebook Live. She's Hope Mad. He's George Wolf. And we're from madwolf.com. And another timely topic, we're talking about horrific masks. Says, I got to get in the shot here. I got to quit getting out of the shot. <laughs> um, so everybody talking about masks, obviously. I won't bore you with how I made. This is mine. I made this out of a, a foot sock, a footy sock. I watched a video on how to do it. And you put a... A paper towel in there. And I wore this to the grocery store today, and it worked fine. <laughs> so Next is going to make one out of a pair of underpants. <laughs> we appreciate you hanging with us. And, well, actually, this is the second time now that we've done this on Facebook Live. And I think the first time we had a great group and some great questions, which we actually look forward to tonight as well. Uh, so uh, thanks for coming back. We had fun last time. We did. And we wanted to thank a bunch of the people who joined us. Uh, and we got to talk to or hear from a lot of people that we haven't gotten to talk to for a long time. Tom and Tammy. Yeah. Lovely to have them yeah. on board. And then uh, also a lot of people who aren't usually with us on Facebook. They're usually with us on Twitter who joined us last time. And we had some, we threw out this idea that maybe we'd uh, ask somebody else to help us figure out what our next podcast topic was going to be. And we had some great thoughts and we thought Brandon won because he had a great idea for grocery store horror but that it, as it turns out I don't ever really let anybody else do that <laughs> so the important it's always <laughs> they always say the first step is admitting the problem <laughs> so we're we're on the right track yeah that's good that's right I also wanted to say hi our beloved John Tice joined us last time he was a co-host in one of our very very first episodes back when we were still so rough yeah that was um, a good episode though. that was, was. Talking about uh, our favorite gay horror yes. films yes yeah and that was that was a good one because he's all I think he's very funny he's incredibly funny. um so and yeah. was that the first time he called me the white Billy D Williams maybe so, it might have been that's a landmark day <laughs> in my life no Colt 45 tonight, though. Just water. No. So um, even though we're on Facebook Live, we are using the microphones because I am a snob about audio. That's right. So I, I, I mean, not that's right like I'd forgotten, but that's <laughs> right. I forgot we hadn't mentioned it yet. You're probably going like, why in the hell yeah. do they have microphones up? Are yeah. they amplifying? We're not. So we'll have fun with this tonight, and then I'll do the uh, edited podcast version to be live on Monday. Hey, Cicely. Welcome, hey. Jason. Jason, Tom, Tammy, good to have you guys yeah, back again. Thank you so much. So, oh, Michael, Anthony, Carroll, all of the gang. Yeah, the so Fright again, Clubbers. Our, our, yeah, the Fright Clubbers are here. We apologize for that quick hopscotch from one um, uh, platform to another, but yeah. thanks for. I mean, I, I do like what you said. It's it's nice to to have people join in that are out of state. Yeah. I mean, we do miss going to the Gateway Film Center do. and doing it live. Miss all of you yeah. that get to join us uh, here in town. But we do we have made friends with a lot of people outside of Ohio that haven't made the road trip yet, <laughs> yet, <laughs> to Friday Club Live. So it's, it's always nice to have them as well. So it's sort of a double-edged sword, but right. we certainly look, look forward to the day when uh, the, the theaters are back open and we're back doing it live. But until then, here we are. Yeah. We're talking about horrific masks. So you basically kicked Brandon to the curb. We've established that. And his idea. So masks, that just came came about because it's so timely right now? 
Yeah, I, I guess that's what we were kind of doing the last time. We were kicking around some ideas. Last time it was confinement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some ideas that kind of seemed to fit really well uh, with this. And then you made a mask out of a sweat sock. And I thought, <laughs> what a horror that is. Oh, hey, horror movies have a lot of great masks they in them. Do. And so that's, that's where we went. That's where this came from. They really do. So, so that's where we're going to go. Fuzzy math. So that is our top six, top five. With the, n- nothing you want to talk about beforehand about things that didn't make the cut well actually i see on your notes here on the other screen that uh, there's going to be a lot of different movies to mention underneath each yes each one that did make the cut so that's yes, how indeed. we're going to talk about that them. is that's all how right. we're going to cover like 300 movies all right a lot of masks to cover tonight so let's start at number six since it is fuzzy a puritan police sergeant is sent to a scottish island village that's the first of my many accents this evening <laughs> Uh, in search of a missing girl who the townsfolk claim never existed. Stranger still are the pagan rites that take place there from 1973, the classic The Wicker Man. I am here to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. I suspect murder. Sergeant, I've already told... In the name of God, woman, what kind of mother are you? That can stand by and see your own child slaughtered. Where is Rowan Morrison? If Rowan Morrison existed, we would know. You are the fool, Mr. Hart. Where is Rowan Morrison? Oh, my God! Say it. Where is Rowan Morrison? (laughs) (laughs) You got the Rowan. Edward Woodward, of of course, as uh, the constable. In that classic movie. That's right. And Christopher Lee with the puffy hair. Oh. Puffy hair, Christopher Lee. He cuts such an impressive figure anyway, because he's like seven foot two. Yeah, he was so, so tall. But the and hair. he just that saucy baritone. Oh and he's out God. there on the, you know, in the cliffs, and it's so windy, just blowing his yeah. hair everywhere. It's it's <laughs> it's really majestic. And there's so many masks in this video. And I I think if you've listened to this podcast uh, quite often, you know that I love a person in a horse face mask. You do. He does. He I really, think really it's does. It's just hilarious in a horse face mask. But these masks They're less they're less funny. They're less funny. Yeah, they're super scary. They're scary. If not the first, one of the first movies, horror films, that really took advantage of that scary idea of the public anonymity when a crowd of people has a mask on mm-hmm. that you can just get away with more. And of course, this is, it's their um, harvest festival. And so it's their, you know, sort of pagan ritual. And there's that element of kind of the, the grotesque that goes along with it, this festival sort of a situation. But, and, and there's something just profoundly creepy, you know, about this crowd of people in this mask. And of course, they dupe um, the, the police officer into participating <laughs> as the fool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's duh. so he's so righteous oh God, throughout the whole thing because they parallel not only his mission to find Roran Morrison, <laughs> but his his firm Christian beliefs. Yeah. He's so steadfast in his mission, both really both missions, and they are just playing him. You're right; they're playing him from the for a fool from the get-go, from oh. the time he gets there on the island. Well, even before. I mean, that's how they lure him there. True, and, true. Uh, and Christopher Lee is the counterpart to that. He's so, like, everything he says is so sort of gloriously heretical. He's just, mm-hmm. I mean, everything is just this jolly joke to him. It's 
It's a great movie, but it, it made the list because of, of the masks and also because I wanted to make sure that we focused at least a little bit of the podcast on the different films that, that take advantage of that kind of crowded, you know, not just one person wearing one mask, but just mainly what we'll talk about are the real iconic masks. Yeah, and it's also worth noting that this is a very bloodless horror movie, oh, which yeah. was which was the, the aim set out by director Robin Hardy. He wanted to make a horror movie that wasn't gory at all, mm -hmm. you know, and it just worked on a totally different level. And of course, the real horror doesn't kick in until the end. No. Up until then, it really is just a mystery thriller, yeah. I suppose. Uh, but then it works on a totally different level, especially when you see Sergeant Howie's reaction at the very end there. And that was a very, a very authentic reaction because Edward Woodward resisted all invitations to see the set to see oh. the actual wicker man very smart yeah. until the very very end and then when they finally put him in i think he said up until uh, his death he said that in his decades of uh, acting that was the most frightened he had ever been because it, it was really on fire <laughs> and fire is hot <laughs> and so his reaction was was so authentic and it's it's terrifying yeah just to get his reaction and once you see that thing. Right. Now, and we're pointing out, I'm surprised you haven't yet. The, we're talking about the 1973 Wicker Man. We're not including the uh, abysmal, the bees. We're not talking about <laughs> Nicolas Cage Wicker Man. No. Even though there are, there are some masks in that one, but we're just going to disregard that that ever happened. But uh, The Purge, right? Strangers. That was a great use of that. That was just on and the other night. next. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some good masks in there. We were just flipping channels the other night, and The Strangers was on. And I, it, I just came to a, a part in it when he was in the house standing the behind shot. Liv the Tyler in, the in that mask. That is a creepy mask. It is. It's a creepy mask. That's the best shot in the whole movie where yeah. she's in the kitchen. She's a little nervous. Well, in the way in the background. Yeah, that is. It's a great movie. It's a great shot. It's super, super creepy. And they do a nice job with the masks. So not just that one, which is kind of the sack head. We'll talk about the sack head later. Yeah. Well, uh, but then well, they've got the Cupid doll mask. And since I've done the Rowan Morrison, you got to do your, your Tamara voice. Mm, Tamara home. <laughs> <laughs> knock 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 yeah that is is really effective and and extremely creepy for those home invasion type mm -hmm. movies because speaking of, of playing with people they just play with that couple yeah, all night long they do they're in the house they're out of the house we know it yeah but they don't know it so they should know it. it's good stuff yeah they should they're kind of stupid <laughs> they are kind of stupid they just are i'd kind of forgotten about your next that's one that we always talk about we don't quite have as much love for your next as I see a lot of people give it. Right. It's, 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 it's solid. It is. But um, I think that's one we might need to reconsider. You know, it's funny you say that because we did rewatch it when we did we did sort of a Women Kick Ass podcast a couple right. of years ago. We rewatched we re it for that. And it made the list because it certainly does fit that category. But I, for me, the, the comic elements of it don't sit as well. Uh, they take away for me a little bit from the movie, although it is. It's a really well-made film. And getting back to the Wicker Man and the ending, I find it funny that apparently when they turned in the final the final product, the advertising execs that were in charge of marketing this thing hated the ending. They wanted it. They wanted it reshot to come up with a sudden rainstorm that extinguished the flame. <laughs> I know, isn't that idiotic? Yes, that would have just ruined it. Just absolutely ruined it. So thankfully, they refused and made it a classic and made it number six on our masks in horror from 1973. The original Wicker Man. We're not even going to acknowledge that other one. 
Uh, going up to number five, and I'm surprised this one is as low as it is, knowing Hope's affection for this movie. Two siblings and three of their friends en route to visit their grandfather's grave in Texas, hint, hint, end up falling victim to a family of cannibalistic psychopaths from 1974. Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is the movie that is just as real. Just as close. Just as terrifying as being there. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. (laughs) You should go grab him. Grab who? Oh. Hang on where she's... uh... She's getting him. Funko sighting. Here he is. I had this on when I had a corporate desk for a minute. I had this on my desk, and the the person with the next table over asked me, was it like an avocado man? (laughs) She thought he had like an (laughs) avocado for a head. (laughs) She said, no, that's someone else's human flesh he's wearing as a mask. Well, this is the same job where she had a plush plush, um, Cartman from South Park, and her one boss looked at it and goes, oh, is that Ziggy? <laughs> Actually, it's a different job. It's the one where I had that big zombie sitting up in the... Uh... Oh, I thought it was the same job. No, no. The point is, he said, is that Ziggy? <laughs> George's impressions. Uh. So anyway, Leatherface. It's a, it's a very cool, super creepy mask, obviously, uh, made out of somebody else's face. Uh, and, you know, it, it gives them the opportunity to sort of, you know, just change per mood. What, what do I feel like today? Do I feel like Karen's face? <laughs> do I feel like Paul's face? It's very exciting. I love, I love, I mean, as you know, I mean, I love everything about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think Leatherface is just such a spectacular character. And in the first movie, um, I mean, I, I kind of prefer his, the way the, his character is presented in the first movie. I like Gunnar Hansen. I like the mask. Um, in later ones, he wears sometimes a lot of makeup, and he sticks his tongue out a lot. Sometimes he uses TST. You can go over the top. when I mean, when you already are starting off with he's wearing somebody else's face, you know, I think less is more. But I love uh, that character. And then one of my favorite, you guys might know this, I love the Silence of the Lambs. What? And one of my favorite moments in the Silence of the Lambs is when... Hannibal Lecter wears somebody else's face because <laughs> it's like the marriage of my two favorite movies. So he's in here too. Same idea, the somebody else's face mask. That's nice. But he gets extra bonus points because then he also has that sort of, you know, that half a face mask that I might bite you while you wheel me out on a gurney mask. So um, we, and we and I got to figure out a way to get Silence of the Lambs into every podcast. And he has that great sequence in the ambulance where he peels it off yeah where that's remember the shock of that the first time yes holy moly i think we clapped one of us (laughs) one of us clapped well going back to the mass in the texas chainsaw massacre there are actually three variations which is sort of how gunner hansen and uh, toby hooper worked out to flesh out flesh out see what i did there (laughs) His Gunnar Hansen's performance by these masks, they had the old lady mask, yeah. of course, and then when uh, dolled up a little bit, yeah. you had mm-hmm. the pretty woman mask, yeah. and none of those were really involved in actually the killing. It was more of the domestic, you know, when he was living the domestic yes. life, and they had an entirely different mask to do the killing or the hanging on a hook. Yeah, 
Yeah, the one where he's chasing her down the street at the end. Right. Which is the one that you can see. It's re- it's ugly. It's I'm not like the others are pretty, but it's got all these um, sewing like slash marks through it. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, the, I mean the the one with the the dark curls and the lipstick when he's <laughs> when he's being domestic. That's, I know. And that's and it's very sweet. As we've mentioned before, when we've talked about this movie, it's in broad daylight. Yeah. And which is so an, an antithesis of what is normally scary. When you throw those contrasting things, these horrific masks and these chainsaws, even though there's not a lot of blood in this either, no. they're able to just make it so, so frightening yeah. with those masks. And then, of course, I've talked about that the slamming door is the one that always got it for yeah. me. But it's one of the ways that they were able to take this movie and take this this setting even in broad daylight and on a shoestring budget and make it so terrifying yeah i also i always i mean i chalk it up to the family dynamic like that dinner scene and the way the family all behaves with each other sort of you know ripping on each other and making fun of each other and then there's this you know there's this poor woman screaming you can see her eye like veins popping her eyeballs you could be thinking like the fuck, man? What is wrong with them? And, but that's the thing, right? I mean, they're going to eat you. There's got to be something wrong with them. Yeah, there's a lot wrong. There's a lot wrong. Speaking of pretty woman, Letitia says, hope you look gorgeous. <gasps> Thank you, Letitia. We you're haven't heard. We haven't heard from her in a while. <laughs> no. Welcome back. <laughs> Glad you're here. Appreciate that. Monty says hi. And Aww. Alexander. Oh, Melissa Dina. Hi, everybody. We miss you. We do. We do. We miss you. It's fun you. to be back together. And again, thanks for... Uh, Thanks for putting up with our little glitch there, but we're, yeah. we're back at it as we're... Is that all about Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I mean, I know you could go on for a while, that, but... That's all I was going to say. Okay, because we're definitely... We're, we're actually whittling it down to just the masks yes. this time, yes. really. And that is a... Boy, that is for sure an iconic one from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that's number five, and that takes us up to number four on our horrific masks. A classic, a surgeon causes an accident which leaves... His daughter disfigured and goes to extremes to give her a new face. We just did this at the last, actually the last one before right. we took the little quarantine at Gateway. This is from 1960, Christiane and her mask in Eyes Without a Face. That's a good one. Yeah. Because there's something so like lovely about it there's something so beautiful about the way she looks and at the same time she's so incredibly creepy looking and in the way that in a lot of other films the mask is really like a drugstore sort of halloween mask and that kind of garish grotesque idea of that this one is so clearly made to fit her face perfectly yes and it's so and it makes her look so angelic and also i'm always slain by how the mouth fits around her lips so uh, you can see her lips move but it's really the mask that you see. It's it's just, it's astonishing the work that, well, they, that went into that mask. That's one of the interesting things because we did just see it uh, recently on the big screen. Yeah. And you definitely get the sense of how iconic, how influential it was. Yes. But let's be honest, you also get to see there's, there's some bumps in the road, uh, especially with the technical aspects. And one of the interesting things about the mask is because when, when she's not wearing it, when mm-hmm. she's not wearing it, if you notice, it is very thick and heavy and it would seem to cover the whole face. But then when she, the one she has on yeah. is not so heavy and it, it's very thin, close-fitting. And it, it seamlessly covers her, her jawline and the other side of her chin and makes that impression that you're talking about. So probably they had to do that technically for the prosthetics, I guess, they were working with at the time. But if you really want to 
pick some technical nits on that movie, you can. But it's best to just just go with the flow because yeah. it really sets such a mood oh, yeah. about the the mask and when she does have it on and when she doesn't, and they're just showing the back of her head. I think the mask really. Um, I mean, it just really complements this sort of otherworldly performance that that Edith Cobb gives in that movie, uh, and she's so she's so delicate and ghostly. She just seems like, even though she's alive, she seems like she's haunting this house and later the woods. And I just think that the the mask is such a perfect complement to that performance, and in a very different way. But I, I didn't want to I didn't want to forget about uh, Mrs. Tredoni from Alice, Sweet Alice. So I guess she's just in here because she's the other female on this list. <laughs> but um, but it was the first time because I saw it one time on TV when I was a little kid, and it was the first time I saw a scary movie where they use like a bad Halloween mask that we used to wear when we were little kids, right? That were just horrible and you could barely see out the eyes and then they have the big elastic band around the back. It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it was easy. That and the fact that the whole thing takes place like during confirmation, during, or first communion. Uh, so it was like like the whole first act is set inside a Catholic church, which is basically where I spent my childhood. So that was extra creepy to me as well. Like all this was happening to the second grade girl <laughs> in a church. And I was probably a second grade girl in a church. Like this is a little too close to home. <laughs> um, but I but I still, I mean, I still think that uh, that there are a lot of, somewhat iconic images in that movie and, oh, and yeah. honestly i also think that it's not remembered as well as it ought to be i also love what they do with the animals yes uh especially toward the end with the dog and then the, the classic shot when she's leaving the house with the dove yeah but when they let the she lets all the dogs i'm not going to say who let the dogs out i'm not <laughs> but when she does let the dogs out uh <laughs> i love the uh the different thematic contrast with that as well because she has been uh pretty much a prisoner in the house there for a while. I know, have you noticed, it, I'm surprised it took this long for Monty and Dizak to pretty much hijack this and, <laughs> and go off and go off on their own feuding and a fussing like they do. Well, it's exciting <laughs> that that means that, because some, some faction within there wouldn't get on Facebook last time. Monty was oh, here. Oh, that's right. Katie was here. I think Dizak was opposed to No, it, he I says, think, he I said, think, he said only Fry Club could make him break his oh, Facebook ban, so okay. thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And Brandon, uh, Je uh, George agrees. He was also really shocked that Texas Chainsaw Massacre was down yeah, as far as it was. Yeah. And I saw Melissa Dina threw a, a vote in for Eyes Wide Shut because there are plenty of masks in there. There are. Yes. That's a, that would be a really good one to include with, mm -hmm. with uh, Wicker Man because the whole set of like, well, and also it's kind of a pagan ritual. And yeah, I, I never think of Eyes Wide Shut as a horror movie, but it is scary. It's creepy. Yeah, it's freaky. Yeah. Yeah. But there are an awful lot of masks. Yes. Uh, silencio. <laughs> that's. That's a different movie. That is a movie. What is the word they use to, to get in? <laughs> Silencio was from uh, the David Lynch, Mulholland, Mulholland Drive. Drive. Yeah. What is the word? I know someone's going to get it on the on the comments. What's the word, the password to get into the big party, the big orgy in Eyes Wide Shut? I, I, can't, I can't think of it. Someone's going to give it to me. Yes. All right, so we'll move up to number three, yes? Number three. I know you have a good prop for us. You have a good prop ready. This is 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night in 1963, Michael Myers escapes. It's the original 1978 Halloween. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil.
is obviously well Shatner. We should thank Shatner for this. Also, it's just I think the this is when this the sort of serial killer, the slasher, the boogeyman went from here forward he always had to have a mask on and it was first of all it was such a great mask because it was Shatner I mean that's hysterical and also the fact that it's like it's too big for him and you've got this big neck sticking out the bottom so you can't miss that he's wearing a mask which makes it that much creepier you're just looking at him you know the whole time like of course it's Halloween so maybe he thinks he can get away with it but he's he cut such an incredibly creepy image with this you know whited out Shatner face on but like I said I mean then after that happened everybody had to have because it was the 80s were coming it's going to be slashers and the slasher the the boogeyman of those all had to have a mask on but I also want to sidetrack to Halloween 3 where we don't have Michael Myers but we do have nothing but masks <laughs> really cool masks too you know I don't share the Halloween 3 love that a lot of people have I don't you he hates it don't care for yeah, it. He doesn't care for the Halloween three. Um, I do like it. I think it's fun. Um, uh, but the masks are undeniably awesome. And also that plot, the idea of what they're going to do is is just kill all the children who wear them. It's such a just a an inspired idea. So Halloween is on here twice, really. Yeah. Well, before they let's go back to uh, the the Shatner mask. I yeah. guess I guess depending on what story you believe, they they had a couple of different choices before they settled on the Shatner. They had worked up a, a sort of a clown mask with, with frizzy hair, and they put actually some money into this mask. And then they also had a knockoff Richard Nixon mask, which would have been interesting. But the, the cheapest one, I think they said they got it for like a dollar. The, the Shatner, the Captain Kirk mask, and they made the, they made the eye openings bigger, and they took the eyebrows off and painted it white, and then and then uh, kind of pressed the hair down a little bit to make it a little less like Shatner than it was. Oh, yeah. but, and then once they just tried it, they said, "Oh yeah, that's it. That's the creepiest one." Yeah. And I yeah I I'm so glad they didn't go. They were thinking about the clown mask because of the flashback to what he was yes, wearing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that would have made sense, but. I think they went with a, a much a much better choice to be just because it's so lifeless. Yeah, it's just so totally lifeless, and you don't you don't really look at it and think, "Oh, that's Shatner." Right. You, you no. heard it later. Right. Yeah. No, you definitely don't. And uh, the mask itself changes from one episode to the next. It's not entirely the same, but as Corey points out, the one that they used in the in the the one from two years ago was super cool. Yeah, I said originally the Emmett Kelly mask. Yeah, Corey points out that is exactly right. And I think it was Seth who came in with the password. It was Fidelio. Oh. Yeah. So Seth, thank you for that. Um, but back to Halloween. Don't do it. It's a trick. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So yeah, so they had the the choice of the Emmett Kelly mask or the uh, Nixon and they went with Mike they went with the Shatner mask. And it has become just incredibly iconic, uh, along with another one that we'll probably talk about here very soon. It's got to be up there with the all-time. I mean, when you, you can just grab those masks in any Halloween store every year. Yeah, yes. And like I said, though, and then for slashers, then it was sort of uh, a necessity that they have a mask on and they have to do something different with the mask every time. And then as the slashers kind of faded into the past, then retro films, you know, and, and then they all had to have them. And so, you know, you've got like the ghost face killer from Scream because it's a movie about slasher movies and so it's got to have a villain that's got and that was a great idea right that that was a great idea and then also Leslie uh, Vernon behind the mask oh, uh, yeah. the rise of Leslie Vernon and he's got to have a mask and that's part of cuz he's trying to put the whole package together cuz he wants to be the best slasher killer and part of that is coming up with this really great mask and it's actually 
dumb as hell, the mask that he wears. But it's fun. Yeah, it's but super that, yeah, awesome. That one went over so well when we played that for it's Fright Club It's the most Live. fun yeah, movie. Yeah. I have to laugh, though. Uh, did you see Melissa Dina's comment? I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> 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 nice. When I said it cost about a dollar for nice. the William Shatner mask. Good job. Good job. And the, the other thing I love about the stories you read about making this movie, because we every time we talk about uh, American Psycho, and I think today, by the way, is the anniversary of that came out on this day. Wow. Yes. Yes. All those Big years, day. years ago. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we talk about how she filmed, Mary Heron filmed Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. three different ways, mm-hmm. coming approaching the character with three different viewpoints. Well, the toward the end there, that final scene where Donald Pleasance looks over the railing, they filmed it two ways. That one, that he expected it, and one that he didn't, and he was surprised. And uh, so they went with the one where he it looked like he expected it. Uh, but I think that's a great directorial choice to make it. Just film it and see what works. Yeah. Now, in her case, I think Mary Heron's case, we've talked about, she just kind of split them up yeah, all did. over the movie. Yeah, that's she, that's yeah. a whole different thing. Yeah, she, she dealt works. it. Like, you shuffled them, which was awesome. Yeah, but I could see that, though, because if you're not if you're not sure when you're filming, well, should he be should he be surprised or should he expect it? Just wait and see how it flows. Yeah. When you get down to that point, and then you make the right choice, and I think they did. But, uh, yeah, Michael Myers, the Halloween mask, the Shatner mask, so iconic in horrific masks, and that is at number... Oh, that's right. Only number three because the fuzzy mask. That's we right. I also, you six. know what? I want to toss one out to to uh, Peaches, the mask in the Creep movies. That was super creepy, and that was such a he's so goofy uh, in that movie, and the, and then that mask when he puts that big hideous wolf mask on, which reminds me of the wolf mask you wear for Halloween every year, actually. <laughs> um, that peaches. is a good one. Yeah. That is so a, oh, I, I should have brought that up. Oh it's buried God. in the basement, it but is. I've got this great, really gross Wolfman mask, yeah. and it's so great to see the, the reactions of the kids at Halloween, because some will have nothing Peach to fuzz. do with our house whatsoever, and some will just walk right up and say, oh, that's fake. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun. <laughs> Creep is awesome. Cicely says Creep is awesome. I just finally watched Creep 2 like last week because George yeah. and I were supposed to be watching something together and then he just did something else the whole night. So I watched Creep 2. I was putting together that cool video for work. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Not paying attention to me. That's what yeah, he was well, doing. Yeah, you know what I saw of Creep 2, and I admit I wasn't paying that much attention. I wasn't loving it. It's because you weren't paying attention. Okay, that's why. So we're up to number two. Oh, and, and uh, Brandon rightly commented about the uh, the Shatner mask. The beauty, the creepiness of it is the, in, in the simplicity. Yeah. Which is, I think, so right. Yeah. Uh, it just, it's just lifeless and, and just... It exactly matches. It exactly matches the character. Yes. Just it, the know, killing machine. Yeah. yeah. There's just nothing in there. That's, there's nothing going on under there. Exactly right. And that is number three, Horrific Masks, Michael Myers from Halloween. Moving up to number two... Another classic, having revived from his wounds, Jason Voorhees takes refuge at a cabin near Crystal Lake as a group of co-eds, what, arrive for their vacation. Jason continues his killing spree. From 1982, Friday the 13th, part 3D. That's right. Jason, you can't fight him. Stop him. And now, you can't even keep him on the screen. 
Friday, the 13th, part three, in 3D. Now, when it comes to killing in Jason's woods, Jason will come to you. So I know nobody here thought that it was going to be the first one because the mask that people remember didn't get introduced until the third, the third episode, which George has a great story about. Oh, I remember. I saw this in the theater the first week that it came out, 1982, so I was junior in high school. And we all had to drive. We had to drive like about 24 miles the next town over that had a three-screen theater. Woo-hoo! And they were playing it. And I had never seen a 3D movie. <laughs> and we all had those wild glasses on, you know, and I remember just looking around at everybody in the theater before it started thinking, oh, everybody looks so stupid. And then realizing, so do you. And but it was so great because right from the very beginning, they've, they've got, you know, some of the some of the credits coming right at you. And then there's the scene where he uh, shoots a harpoon like a spear gun at somebody that went right through the screen. And then, of course, the eyeball, he smashes the head and the eyeball goes straight. Yes, yeah, so we were. We were quite giddy about seeing that. And that might have been, honestly, that might have been the last Friday the 13th movie that I saw in the theater. Uh, because after that, I think the next one came out, I was in college and wasn't really going to see him anymore. But that, we had a hoot of a time. A hoot. A hoot. A hoot of a time. In small town Ohio with so, that part so three. So let's run through the, I'm getting some feedback some on that it was in number three. So number one, of course, he doesn't wear a mask at all. Number two, he wears the, the head bag. Chock full of heady goodness. He doesn't wear <laughs> the iconic hockey mask until the third episode um and then of course he wears it in different variations through all of the rest of the episodes but um it's the hockey mask that became you know that's 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 the iconic jason mask can i just say to jeff he cut me deep um i was one year old in 1982 he says (laughs) man that hurts that hurts jeff Hurts. Uh, I didn't see it till I was an adult <laughs> in this house. Um, I uh, and I did it actually once on one weekend. George was gone, and I decided I needed to watch all of the Friday the Thirteenths in order, which was fascinating actually because I hadn't seen the, I hadn't seen them sequentially because I wasn't old enough to watch the first ones they, when they came out. So I watched them in whatever order, and so I sat here one day and watched all of them from beginning to end. And what I noticed that I loved is that they make their way around the lake. They start at one camp, and then episode two is just the next camp over, and then episode three is really this farm that's just a little farther north on the lake, and then episode four is like where rich people rent houses around the lake for the weekend, and then it just keeps going around the lake until uh, they take Manhattan, but they start off on the lake. I was going to say, what part of the lake is Manhattan? That's the thing, and then they, (laughs) they take a ship from a lake to new york i'm like some something not seaworthy is happening here but anyway the point is we've got to credit for the hockey mask we've got to credit uh the film's 3d effects supervisor martin j sadoff because he was a huge hockey fan and he had a lot of hockey gear with him when they were just trying possible i call shenanigans all right because you hear a different story well, I saw a different movie. So, are you afraid of the dark, Martin Landau? And um, and um, um, why can't I think of his name? He does one-armed push-ups on the Oscars. Jack, Jack Palance. Palance, right? So it's this, and and Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance runs a mental institution, and he uses electricity 
to keep people in and then there's a storm and the power goes out and all of the loons leave and they wander through town and Jack Palance is one of them and Martin Landau is one of them and then there's another guy with them who doesn't ever talk and before he kills everybody what does he do? He puts on a hockey mask. Mm -hmm. That movie came out two years before Okay. Friday the 13th Part 3. So your guy is just He's just lying. You call it, you're calling fake news? Yeah, because, what, nine people saw that movie, and he stole that idea. Stole it. Stole it. Shame on you. Uh, I got to say to Monty, Monty brings up a good point. Most of this movie— I doubt that. I feel—I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, I don't ouch. think that's right. I'm just ouch. kidding, Monty. I'm just kidding. Um, technically, much of this is on Saturday the 14th, even Sunday— <laughs> Seriously, even I think Sunday the 15th, we go into the whole weekend in this movie. So very little of it is on Friday the 13th. Is that not correct? It is. It is. It is true. No, you are. You are correct. Uh, it's, it's Monty. Monty is correct. Yeah. yeah, because there can't be there can't be that many months in a row where there even is a Friday the 13th. <laughs> 1982. Jeff was one. And uh, I was seen in the theater, Jason <laughs> Voorhees from Friday the 13th, Part 3. Now, wait. And another reason, how about this? I've got another uh, piece of info for why they went with the hockey mask. Because two years earlier, the elephant man had come out. Yeah. And apparently the producers thought the, the bag on his head was a little too close to the elephant man. And wanted okay. to find sort of a different gimmick along with the 3D. Because they also figured that our... Our mode of operation here is basically the same every movie, so you got to have a new gimmick. So they went with the 3D and then wanted to get a different type of uh, headgear as well. Yeah, but I'm glad that you brought up uh, episode two mm -hmm. and the headbag because we wanted to talk about that because you didn't find a lot of other movies where somebody puts on a hockey mask, but there are about a million movies, really good ones. I mean, really scary episodes where the killer is just wearing some kind of a burlap sack over his head, yeah. which is awesome. Beginning with, and Corey is going to be happy, the town that dreaded sundown. That guy is creepy as fuck, and he's got a big burlap sack on his head. And then there, I mean, there are buttons sewn on. There was some, some craftsmanship that went into it. But Dr. Decker from Nightbreed, it's basically what he's wearing is a burlap sack. Um, Thomas from the Orphanage. Oh, oh yeah. He, that's what he's got. Somebody sort of sewed and painted and drew on a sack for mm -hmm. his head. Same with Sam for Trick or Treat. I don't know if that really counts as a mask. It might just be his head. But um, it's the same concept. That's a tough call. Right? It's like a, a burlap sack for a head. Another I, tough call is the, it's not a mask, but the burlap sack in audition. We can count that as a full body, a, a full body <laughs> mask. <laughs> Pretty freaky. It is. I like Sam from uh, Trick or Treat. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I, th I think you're right. That's uh, is it a mask or is it just his head? I think it might just but be his head. Well, I, these, there's a little guy in there. It's a little guy. So <laughs> it's I guess still it worth is. a mention. Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. That's right. 1982, a great mask, and that only leaves room. 4-1 at number one, another classic. Go way, way back. A mad, disfigured composer seeks love with a lovely young opera singer from 1925. The Phantom of the Opera. So if you think about the 1925 mask, the actual mask... It's not that impressive. Later versions of the Phantom of the Opera mask, they got very cool. Like, you got the half mask thing going on, but that was when it went to Broadway and it got all fancy pants. The The first mask is not that very interesting because what's interesting is what he looks like when they take the mask yes. off. But the reason that it's number one is because it was 1925. So it was really the first time a film did that to freak you out. Put a mask on a guy and then showed you the creepy mask. Now, 
technically speaking, the man who laughs was first, but it wasn't a mask. It was like a scarf just hung over the bottom half of his face. So, you know, in a way, the Phantom of the Opera kind of ripped that off too. But it was the first one that was just a mask. And that was so, so startling when you got to see his face with the mask. I mean, the ma- he, he looked creepy with the mask on, but once you saw his face. Oh, yeah. And that, I think, is really hard to do. We've talked about this before, where your imagination is going to fill in the blanks in a, in a way that's better than what the makeup guy is going to be able to do, but not so here. I mean, Lon Chaney and, and the, the makeup guy, just that, that face is so alarming, especially when you think about it was 1925. So it's not like they were using a lot of anything, digital effects or anything to right. make that, right. make and that they, face. And they you. made sure to not publish any photos uh, ahead of time. Uh, so that the audience would be duly shocked. And also, much like we talked about the reaction of Edward Woodward in The Equalizer, Mary Philbin's reaction. She had not seen oh, the full... And that's, that's an yes. iconic reaction. That reaction shot, oh, that's man. among the best. That yeah. really is. Yeah, can you imagine if you had not seen it? And and again, putting it in the proper context of being 1925 yeah. and what they were able to do, that that could be really creepy. So yeah. I, I do not doubt that she was actually frightened. That's oh, a yeah. great reaction shot. Yeah, great and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to let the whole thing go without mentioning the Phantom of the Paradise. It's not a film that I love, but I like it, and that mask is awesome. And obviously, clearly, the entire thing is is inspired by the Phantom of the Opera. But that is a that is a cool, freaky mask. Because of the fact that it is more the face, yeah. that is terrifying. When you talk about the most iconic mass in horror, maybe this one might slip through the cracks just yeah. because of that. Yeah. Because it is not the actual mask, but it's the two together. Yeah. And, and when you do get that final look at him, it's such a buildup. And it man, it, 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 you know, it still delivers now, it does. really. It does. Because now you would think it'd probably be just a CGI thing and it would be so much less effective. Yeah. But it's not from 1925. And that is Phantom of the Opera, number one. And Corey wants to know if the face hugger counts as a mask. <laughs> don't don't wear it as a mask. That's a cautionary that's, tale. That was one that's forced upon you. That's right. Uh, <laughs> although I've seen some great, that's a great Halloween mask. It Anytime is. you can work that in, the face hugger is classic, <laughs> classic stuff. So that's fun. And uh, you know what? Again, we thank you so much for. Uh, hanging with us throughout the the glitches yeah. and i think we're going to try this again with the vimeo we are because trust me when it works it's going to be very very cool yeah it really is i i got to use it the this is gateway's platform and i got to use it uh earlier well last week mm-hmm. uh with chris hamill and we did the first of the conversations from the center and it worked fine so somehow but it was uh what they said was that vimeo's platform was down so, uh, you know, that kind of thing is going to happen, and uh, we will get a chance to do it. We're getting some good questions. Katie says the mask in Happy Death Day. There's good that one. baby mask. That is, that is a good creepy one, and I had, I had intended actually to include it in the Mike Myers conversation about how not only did all the slashers have to have a mask, but then all the sort of retro slashers had to have one, which is clearly why they chose to do it. And actually, you were talking about it when we, uh, when we talked about time loops, how they came up with that mask. Like, they had several different options, and then the guy just put that one on and walked around and got such reactions from everybody. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's clearly Creepy the baby. bad baby. Creepy baby. And then um, <laughs> I think Derek says, what about the grease in Greasy Strangler? <laughs> Does that count? Is that oh. really a mask? It's just a lot of grease. It's, yeah, it's... I do love all the comments. I do love that you guys always come through. We appreciate that so much. Um, so next time we will probably we're going to try it again on Vimeo. Uh, just a little, just a little glitch, little ghost in the machine, right. as they say. But we'll work it out. And we thanks thanks to uh, Gateway 
as always, right. for such great support. But we can't wait to see you all again in person. We really can't. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, have been sharing. I, I forget who wrote it, but I, somebody just wrote a an op-ed that's been going around about how much they miss movie theaters. And I think we all can agree on that. And uh, we Motel all hell. Motel hell. Motel hell. Yeah. I can't believe So that clearly should have been tucked under the Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre. No question about it, since that's obviously the mask. And to be, be fair, Saw, they use a big pig head, too, which is a Motel Hell reference. Yeah, and the point is, there are a lot of great masks in horror. Yes. And I'm sure there will be again. So uh, thank you for the great conversation. What are we looking forward to next time? We are going to, on Sunday, so it'll come out in about a, about two weeks anyway, we are going to finally record the podcast on trauma that i know you're super excited about yeah. because you love trauma so i will just hang out here and you guys go in the <laughs> studio and record That's right so it's going to be jen jen dreadful and uh phantom dark dave and he's going to be really happy about number one because i know he loves phantom of the opera yeah so we will talk with them about trauma next time and that will just be a regular podcast there will be nothing live about it okay but then the next time for fright club live uh we should be on vimeo get it worked yeah. out do we yeah. know do we know the topic yet or is that up in the air it's still up in the air yeah okay. all right well cool so uh, until then keep the conversation going <laughs> keep the comments <laughs> coming remember you can always uh, join in the conversation on twitter that's the easiest way for us you can find us on twitter at fright club pod also on facebook and instagram it's mad wolf columbus and the main website where you can find all of our written reviews and our other weekly podcast the screening room talking about all the uh, new movies that come out well right now all the new streaming movies that come out you can find that all at madwolf.com yep. so uh, thank you guys again for checking in it was a lot of fun love the comments love to yeah. see all the names if we can't see your faces yet uh, love to see your names pop up on there jenny made it thank you so much we uh, we love to to see you off the side there of the screen if we can't see in person and look forward to the day when we do so until then she is hope madden he's george wolf and this is the fright club podcast everybody out there say it with us stay Stay frightful frightful, my my friends friends. hello darling this is elvira mistress of the dark and stay frightful my friends